0: So we are going to participate in communion this evening, but I do want to push forward a little bit in our verse-by-verse study of Matthew chapter 24. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, page 1142, if you're using the Bible under the seat in front of you. Matthew chapter 24. Lord, open our eyes to uh, the days in which we live. I pray that we would understand clearly what we face, what's required of us. Thank you for the insight that your word gives. I pray your blessing by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would understand. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said something very interesting to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16. He said, when it's evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites! You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now that was a rebuke. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. He's saying, you know how to tell the weather. You can see what's going on in the sky and you can predict what the day is going to be like. You can do that, but you cannot discern the signs of the times in which you live. At that moment, the Pharisees were rejecting Jesus Christ as their Messiah at his first coming, despite all the signs. Right there, Jesus had fulfilled all the signs. You know the weather, but you can't tell your Messiah even when he's talking to you. So this is a very important verse because it tells us, That God's people are responsible to know the times in which we live. We are responsible. We are required to understand those key moments. Now, today, we can also tell the weather, can't we? We're pretty good at it with all the radar and all the things that we have. But can we discern the times in which we live? Well, remember in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is giving us the signs that indicate that we're in the last days. That we're in the days leading up to the second coming of Jesus. And we've been studying each of these signs on Wednesday night. Jesus said in the last days there will be massive deception and false Christ imposters. There will be a lot of deception on planet earth. And we studied that, and that is certainly a sign that you could check off. Last week we talked about the wars and the rumors of wars, and you can certainly check that off as an indication that we're living in the last days. Let's look at our third sign tonight, and it's found right in the middle of verse 7 of Matthew 24. Jesus said, And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So sign number three that we're living in the last days. Cataclysmic events on planet earth. Gang, tough times are coming to this planet according to the prophecies of scripture. Devastating catastrophes will hit the planet, impacting land, water, mountains, islands. Devastating catastrophes will also hit the heavenlies in the last days. In fact, the picture that the Bible presents of the last days is one of the world literally... Coming apart. In the last days. The wheels are coming off nature. Things will fall apart at the seams. The ecological system. The weather system. The geographical system. The astrophysical system. The solar system. Everything. Total chaos is coming. To this planet. And Jesus mentions three. First he mentions famines. There will be famines. This is the Greek word limos, and it's a word that simply means hunger, extreme lack of food. The word is used in the Bible to speak of individual people suffering hunger. It's also used to speak of cities or countries experiencing devastating famine, the scarcity of grain. This is a word that speaks of widespread famines. Many, many people in a dangerous condition on the brink of starvation. That is coming to planet Earth. Now, the Bible indicates why famine will come. Revelation chapter 19, or excuse me, verse 8 says... Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became what? Blood. And a third of living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So you got some kind of great mountain thing coming to planet Earth, striking the sea, one-third of all salt water. One-third of all fish. He goes on to describe, Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. A third of all salt water, a third of all fresh water. And without water, you're in big trouble. Great famine is coming. Revelation goes on to predict. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood. And they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up. And all green grass was burned up. In the last days, one third of all agriculture. Scorched. Gone. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Global warming is coming, but not in the way that Al Gore has said. There will be a scorching sun in the last days. There will be a lack of water. There will be a great disastrous destruction of many things that provide food. Revelation also says this. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. So now we have this horse that comes on the scene, this black horse, and the one on it has scales, and he's weighing out grain. And this prophecy is indicating massive inflation. One day. One denarius is a wage that you would get for a whole day. One day's wage will buy one loaf of bread. Massive inflation is coming to planet Earth. Economic collapse at some point. So you got the water supply, you got the food supply, you got all this going on, inflation. There are terrible, terrible famines. Coming to planet Earth. So he says there will be famines, pestilences. Now you'll notice in the New King James Version it has the word pestilences in Matthew 24. Some versions of the Bible don't have pestilences in this verse. However, if you go to Luke's account, the word does show up. Luke's account of the same sermon there will be great earthquakes in various places. And famines and pestilences. The Greek word for pestilence is loimas, and it means two things. First, it means the type of pestilence associated with a locust plague. So there will be many uh, locust plagues and plagues like that that will attack agriculture in that day. But it also speaks of the plague. Like pandemics, sicknesses, widespread death from plague in the last days. You know, I I saw some of the stats today. I was was looking at the bubonic plague. You guys are familiar with that, The, the black plague, they called it. In the sixth century, that killed 25 to 50 million people. In the 14th century, that same plague killed a third of the entire population of Europe. It had a 70 to 80% mortality rate. You got that disease, 80% chance you're dead. The Spanish flu in 1918 estimated worldwide killed 20 to 50 million people. COVID was scary, right? But it wasn't that. It wasn't that. I'll tell you what. More of this, though, is coming to planet Earth in the last days. Revelation chapter nine 6 says, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death. Hades followed with him, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword with hunger with death and by the beasts of the earth that phrase is speaking about these plagues these disease this illness so terrible things coming pestilences there will be famines pestilences and earthquakes Jesus said, earthquakes in various places. Now, with famines, pestilence, plague, earthquakes, we've always had them. So remember, Jesus said in verse 8, these are the beginning of sorrows. They're birth pangs. They're like contraction pains when a woman goes into labor. The closer and closer and the more intense they get... That's how you know you're getting closer and closer to birth. So there's always been earthquakes. There's always been these things. But in the last days, they'll be more frequent and more intense. And there are a lot of earthquakes coming to planet Earth. I went to a site today that monitors all the earthquakes. There were 35 earthquakes yesterday. 2.5 magnitude and greater all over planet Earth. 132 significant earthquakes have taken place so far this year. In Turkey in February, 60,000 people were dead. And by the way, that earthquake also moved into Lebanon. Here's a picture from that. In September, uh, earthquake in Morocco, 3,000 dead. On Saturday, October 7th, that ugly day, there was also an earthquake in Afghanistan, which left 1,500 people dead. Lots of earthquakes. And the Bible predicts that there are great ones, huge ones, coming. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It's done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, And there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake, as has not occurred since men were on the earth. That's coming. The great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the wrath of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. In the last days, there will be the biggest earthquakes the world has ever seen. Last week, we talked about the War of Gog and Magog. An earthquake will play a central factor in that war. There's an earthquake that destroys Babylon. The Bible also indicates that when Jesus touches down on the Mount of Olives at his second coming, he'll split the mountain. There'll be another earthquake. There's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. In the last days, the world is coming apart. Now, there's a fourth sign that I want to mention. It's not mentioned here in this verse. But the Bible indicates that there are going to be absolutely crazy things happening in the heavenlies. Among stars and comets Again, in Luke's record of this sermon, Jesus says there'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Now that's the part that I think is really going to terrify people. I mean, we've seen some big earthquakes. We've seen the pestilences. We've seen a lot of these things. But there's going to be some things happening in the sky that we've never seen. The English standard version translates those words this way: there will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pests and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. If you look further down in, in twenty four I'll just put it up there but matthew twenty four twenty nine jesus says Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. You're going to look up in the sky, and you're going to see things that you've never seen before. They're always discovering new comets. Have you noticed? You never know when's going to show up. The latest one, have you heard of this? It's called the Devil Comet. Because it looks like it has little horns. Yeah, that guy's a little bit bigger than Mount Everest. Remember the prophecy about a mountain on fire hitting? This isn't going to come near us. It it does come around quite a bit. It'll come close, but it's not going to hit planet Earth. But in the last days, these things are going to hit. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be terrifying. Book of Revelation says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Folks, terrible signs. The world is coming apart the world will come apart at the seams. Famines, pestilences, earthquakes, all of these things happening in the heavenly bodies. On top of that, the things we've already talked about, wars, widespread death, the use of nuclear force weapons. So does this... I just thought I'd bless you tonight with this message. (laughs) Man, this is going to happen. I know it's scary. But we need to be warned. These aren't prophecies from some dude named Nostradamus. Who's about 75% accurate. Or some fortune teller. These are the prophecies from Jesus himself. This is what's coming, and you need to be ready. Now, one of the questions would be is, is why why is everything coming apart like this? Why, why is this period of time so catastrophic? Well, it's really important that you understand where we are on the timeline. Right now, we are in the church age. It began 2,000 years ago. And the church age has also been called the age of grace. Jesus has died on the cross for the sins of the world and his gospel goes out and anyone can be saved. You can be saved from that. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you're saved. 2,000 years, God has been trying to get the word out through the church. But you know that the world continues to reject Christ and the church. One day, God is going to remove the church. There's going to be a rapture. And that's going to bring in the last seven years of history as we know it. And these seven years are known as the tribulation. Now, you should know that the tribulation period is a period in which God's wrath... Is poured out upon a Christ rejecting world. The judgment of God. Everything that I read to you comes from Revelation. Tonight. And it talks about these bowls of judgment being poured out. And the seven trumpets. And the seven seals open. God will be judging the world in dramatic ways for seven years. Now you say, well why would he do that? Well. Well. It's going to be a wake-up call for many. You know, this world has said time and time again to God, we don't want you. We don't need you. Here in America, we've pushed him out of schools, courts. And so one day, God is going to say, you don't want me? Fine, I'll leave. You don't want Christ? Enjoy the Antichrist for seven years. You don't want the peace that I can bring? Watch the war. You don't want a place of, of uh, tranquility on planet Earth? and I'll let my hands off. I'll relax. I'll let you have what you want. So for seven years, God's wrath will be poured out. And it should be a wake-up call. Many people during the tribulation period will come to Christ. They will get saved. It will not be easy being a Christian in the tribulation period. But by far, most of the population on planet Earth, even when given seven years of judgment signs, will still be those people that shake their fist at God. I want nothing to do with you. So you need to understand that this is a concentrated time of judgment, which is why... I believe that the church gets raptured before this time. If you're a member of the church, then all your sin was judged at the cross. Jesus died for you, and you've asked him to be your savior, and you are one of his, and he's going to remove you from this time of judgment. But during that time, it's going to be incredibly difficult for people. Now there's another reason Right now, this world looks beautiful. I mean, let's face it. You look at the mountains. You look at shots from the outer space at our globe. Our creation looks great, doesn't it? It does look beautiful. However, we live in a fallen world. Did you know that? We do live in a fallen world. Creation is much different now Than it was in the Garden of Eden. Before mankind sinned. So we live in a fallen world. And as beautiful as it looks. It's wearing out. It's wearing down. Just like we get older. The world's getting older. And it will fall apart. And in fact we have this very interesting passage. In Romans 8. It says. The creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Did you know that this world, as beautiful as it is, longs to be what it should be? The world fell along with the human race. And even as our souls long for redemption, the world longs for redemption. All of nature longs for redemption. And I believe in the last days, it's wearing out. So during the tribulation period, all these things are happening to nature. Jesus will come again at the second coming. And the Bible teaches that after he comes, he's going to set up his throne and reign and rule from the throne of David in Jerusalem For a thousand years, the millennial reign of Christ. And the Bible does teach that the earth is going to be different. During the kingdom age of Christ. People will again start living longer. The world will become different. It will become better. It will come back more to the way it was before mankind fell in the Garden of Eden. And then eventually, as you know, looking as far into the future as you can, the Bible says that one day there will be an absolutely brand new heaven and earth and a brand new Jerusalem. So I kind of feel like that what's going on with planet earth during the tribulation period, it's sort of like the demolition phase. In God's remodeling project. The world comes apart. So that God will begin to do something brand new. And we will see things like we've never seen before. You don't want to be on planet earth during the demo. You want to be spared from that. Give your life to him now. So we have these three signs now. Deceptions, imposters, wars, rumors of war, and cataclysmic events. Are we living in the last days? I think so. I think we're very, very close. And I think we're running out of time. And Christian, you need to be serving Christ with all that you can now. And if you haven't received Jesus, then you need to do so right now. Remember that God is in charge of nature. Jesus holds the whole world in his hands. You can trust him. You know, there are a lot of people that worship nature. Have you heard that? They worship the stars or they worship the mountains and the trees and the pantheonism and all the different things and, you know, Mother Earth and all of that. Listen, don't worship nature. If you're depending upon nature, you're going to be solely disappointed, sorely disappointed. Worship the God of nature. There are people who worship the stars and they try to get their, you know, direction from astrology and the position of the stars. Why would you worship the stars when you could worship the maker of the stars? God is in charge of nature. You know, if, if, if you saw a marvelous painting in a museum, and there it is hanging on the wall. How silly would it be for you to go worship that painting? Oh, I worship you painting. (laughs) Such a good painting. No, if anybody gets respect, who should get the respect? The painter. Same thing when it comes to nature. Now in Matthew chapter 24, of course we're speaking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. When we sit at the communion table, we're remembering the first coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be spectacular. It's going to be an amazing thing. Justice will finally be served. But I think even more spectacular was the first coming of Jesus. Because God became man. For the sole purpose of offering himself on a cross. So that sinners like you and I could be forgiven. You say, well, I don't like how mean God seems to be in the book of Revelation. I don't like that seven year trip. Well, what about the years of patience and grace? What about the sacrifice of his son? What has God done to save the human race? Can he do any more? He's made it possible for all to be saved. And now is the time. So these elements that we're about to participate, we're about to distribute and take together, they remind us of what Jesus did for us at the cross. And so let's remember that. Let's uh, turn the lights down. Let's bow our heads. Let's have our worship team come up. Those who are going to help me distribute, come on up.